0: Greetings, folks, and welcome. It is time for Mac Geek Gab. And listener Ari brings us our quick tip of the week with three finger drag. He says it's an accessibility feature that he turns on immediately when he sets up his laptop. And the reason is clicking with one finger and awkwardly scrabbling with another to move things is no bueno. However, You go into system settings or system preferences. If you're not yet on Ventura, click accessibility, click pointer control or mouse and trackpad. If you're not on uh, Ventura, click on the trackpad options button and then turn on use trackpad for dragging or enable dragging from the pop-up menu. Choose three finger drag as the dragging style. I tried this. It is amazing because you just put three fingers down and now you can drag a window. It's like you are clicking and dragging, except it's not that awkward thing you have to do with like three thumbs or any of that. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac GeekGab 963 for Monday, January 9th, 2023. <laughs> Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in tips like that. You send in your cool stuff found. You send in your questions. We share your tips and cool stuff found. We try to answer your questions. Sometimes, like today, we bring our cool stuff found of our own because we were just at CES. The goal is when we get together for each of us, every one of us, me, John, P, you, for every one of us to learn at least five new things every time we get together, sponsors for this episode include RocketMoney.com/mgg, where you can go to get rid of those useless subscriptions and save hundreds per year. Collide at collide collidek.o.l.i.d.e.com/mgg. It uses Slack for device security in your uh, environment. It's like it's like learning five new things, but but it teaches you about the security of your of your uh, workplace instead of you know other things. It's amazing. BB edit, my favorite text editor. We'll talk more in depth about each of those three things for now, back here in Durham, New Hampshire. after being in Vegas for CES, I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: And back here, eventually after an extended delay, but these things happen. These things happen when you fly uh, here in Fairfield, Connecticut. This is John F. Braun.
2: Here in Lee, New Hampshire. It feels like I just saw you guys a couple days ago. Both of you. Even yesterday. Or two days. (laughs) I don't know. I can't even remember. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. It's Pilot Pete. Good to be back with you guys. In spite of my best efforts to uh forget to be here on time this morning. I am here. I'm gonna blame it on the uh excessive fragrance of our room. That's it. That's what made me (laughs) forget. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. one of our hallmates must have been uh very happy with the uh, the cannabis laws in, in <laughs> Las Vegas because nonstop day and night, it was just floating in through the vents. It was, it was yeah. every time we walked
2: into our room. Oh every my goodness.
0: Single. T- <laughs> other than one morning we walked back and we're like, Oh, they must've checked out. And then we, then we had to go out for a quick meeting. We came back like 30 minutes later and it smelled again. It was like, Oh, they were just asleep. That's They're just fine. Sleeping in. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I'm guessing they weren't there for CES. Cause it was, it was constant. They, yeah, they, was. they, they never left.
2: It was indeed. Yep. But speaking of CES, did you see anything cool there,
0: Dave? I saw Up lots here. of cool things. I I, uh, I have a few of them to share. I, I think okay. each of us has a few things to share. Yeah. The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to go through some quick tips here. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, because we met with our friend JF in, uh, in Las Vegas, and he shared a quick tip with us. He says, uh, he says, I'm guessing many of us use pinned conversations in messages for the people close to us or that we interact with frequently. Those are often called the top nine because that's the maximum amount of conversations that you can pin in messages. Says I recently stumbled upon a nice Mac shortcut after just trying it to see if it works like we all do. You can go to any of your pin conversations using command plus the number one through nine, one through three across the top, four through six in the middle, seven through nine at the bottom. This works in Monterey as well as Ventura. This has been there for a long time. None of us knew about it, or at least we hadn't talked about it. But yeah, the command key, if you want to go to your fourth pin message, command four brings you right to that message or group of messages, or I guess it's a message group would be a better way to say it. Yeah, I know. It's great. Here's a bonus tip also from JF. If you want to save a little real estate in your messages app, you can drag the divider between the messages list and the main conversation. If you drag it to the left, you will get a vertical icon only view of your top nine as well as all your other conversations. So, yeah, good stuff on both counts. I had no idea of either of these things, and I don't think they're documented anywhere, which is what we love yeah. about quick tips? Yeah,
2: I think I knew about the first one. Okay, just you know, you forget to use it, sure. You may as well not know it, right? Because
0: it isn't doing you any good. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Now we remember. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Kenny brings us our next quick tip. uh, uh, Actually, two quick tips about the Apple Watch. He says, if you start a timer on your Apple Watch, you can also start many, many more at the same time. After starting the first timer, you will see a back arrow at the top left of the watch. Tap this and you can start another timer for the same time as the one or a different duration. So it'll default to the last thing you used. When you have multiple timers started, you can click on the back arrow and see the last timer set. And you will also see all the timers currently running, how long they have left to run, and the duration they were initially set for. This can be really useful. For example, uh, timing different things while cooking but I'm sure there are other use cases for this. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you get multiple timers in the timers app on your phone. Right. We've I've tr- I I know I've tried it in the past. Maybe it's new with 16, but I think the watch is the only one that can do multiple timers. Uh, Pete's muted, but uh, he's trying to talk to us. So, you know, no, no,
1: no it wasn't me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I that's right. I, um, I, I find with the, a lady yeah sometimes uh i'm like did i did i set a timer and so i'll ask her tell me about the timer and it'll tell me yep and if i've already set one it's like did do you really want to set a second one <laughs> so um,
0: yeah we use the a lady to, to set we use <laughs> the a lady to set multiple timers all the time because uh, yeah. it like like kenny says it's great for for cooking uh mm-hmm. you know you got one thing going here but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Siri on the phone or uh, I say Siri, I say the timers <laughs> app on the phone. I don't know why I said Siri, but you know, it's all good because you can because I can and I can yeah. be wrong about it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you can only have one timer going on the phone. But multiple on the watch, so thanks for that. Currently Kenny.
2: using my my phone camera, so I can't turn it over without making everybody physically ill. That's right. <laughs> and play with it, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. And and using it on the watch, I use it on the watch all the time when I'm flying to know when to switch fuel tanks. Never thought about it for being able to do that and run approaches and,
0: oh, and all interesting. that. Interesting. So, That's then. really I thought, what I I would have thought there would be something in the plane that that. Oh uh, oh
2: oh oh oh. <laughs> You are you are correct uh, for for the modern airliners manufactured by say Boeing and Airbus and Embraer. Air, yes, there, there is indeed that's all automated. But I also drive a thirty one year old now thirty two this year, uh, Grumman Tiger. That's, that's not why. so automatic.
0: That's why. Okay, that makes more. Yeah, I was I was yeah. not thinking about your smaller plane. I was thinking yeah. like, wow, really? Pilots have to count. Like, hmm. Okay, yeah. good to know. Yep.
2: But believe it or not, when things go to crud on you, you still have to uh, run a timer on uh, a VOR yes. approach and that yeah. sort of thing. So smart,
0: yeah. smart. Yeah. All right. Second tip from about the Apple Watch from Kenny is uh, in the Apple Watch settings, set the dock view to favorites instead of recents. Using the companion app on the iPhone, you can set up to nine apps and select the order that they are displayed, top to bottom. Now, for quick access to those apps, just click on the side button, and it will give you easy access to your go-to apps instead of the crown that shows all apps. Ah, yeah. What? Right? Crazy. Oh, have, have either of you been doing I had no right. I had no <laughs> idea that you could do no. this. In fact, I didn't even know until this moment. I saw he had two watch tips, and I'm like, great, I'll put that in the show. Okay, yeah, I'm sure this one's good, too. As I was reading it, yeah, you probably heard it in my voice. Like, wait a minute, what? I <laughs> didn't know idea. I got to do that after the show. I hope I remember. That's, uh, yeah. you know, I wish I could. Uh, well, I will because I'll go back through and clean up the the tips and everything afterwards. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, one last one. While we were out at CES, I um, I I were before we left for CES, I. Put a. I created a, a note in Apple Notes, which, of course, is synced to all my devices, that listed all of the companies that I wanted to visit, and I organized them by location. So there were many different – like there's multiple trade show hall or convention center halls. There were also different events where there were going to be vendors. And so I organized them that way so I'd know, okay, when it comes time to to go to these events, here's my punch list. And – right before as I was building it, it was just a bulleted list. When we got to CES and it was time to go, I highlighted that list and changed it from a bulleted list to a checklist because I wanted to be able to check things off, you know, as, as one does. But I realized I was building this list. uh, It was just in chronological order by when I added them. And after we went to our first event, I realized I needed these in alphabetical order. And There's no way to tell it to alphabetize this list. And so uh, I was going to go back to my computer and do it for the thing for the next night. And I forgot. And we're waiting outside the event, uh, the press event for night number two. And I thought, well, let me try this. And I clicked and held on where the little button, like the checkbox is. Or I tapped and held on it. And it started to move. And you can move things around. You can do this on the Mac, too, by clicking and holding uh, on the checkbox it won't check the box but it will allow you to move things and alphabetizing it that way with uh even just with my fingers was you know it was a list of maybe 25 things and it was ch-ch-ch-ch. i got to do it in i don't know 20 seconds it was great so little tip about uh about notes is that you can do that which i i had no idea so yeah yep yep
2: i think the other way to do it quickly would have been to Not build it in notes, but build it in a numbers document or something. Sure. And alphabetize it and throw it back in notes. But Yes. That but still that, you know, it would have been nice for the S lady to do that for you. Hey, S lady. Exactly. Alphabetize this. Alphabetize that list. I think she knows her alphabet. I could be wrong.
0: That that's a that's a fair point. Yeah. It would that's a reasonable thing to to expect. It does not work, by the way. And also even w- once I had either a bulleted or a checkbox list, if I copied even just one, like uh section of that out to say, put into BB edit to alphabetize, it pulls all the like check marks and stuff over with it. So it was a mess. I mean, BB edit's it's cool. Cause here's another quick tip and this isn't just BB edit. This is any uh, fixed with text editor. And you can t- also do this in, um, in numbers and, or uh, it, well, in, in, uh, 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 pages, pages and word yeah. is hold down the option key when selecting with your mouse and you can draw top to bottom left to right so if if let's say you have uh things you know you've tabbed a bunch of stuff in or you've got some extra characters like i have you know had here which i had like space dash space or something option select and you can select the things just to the left of or the right of a block of text it's 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 a weird thing to experience. I just recommend you go try it, but it's option uh, click drag.
2: So you're creating a table on the fly.
0: You're kind of creating a table on the fly, but it's not a table. It just selects yeah. that and then you can just delete it. like there's nothing yeah. it's not going to leave it that way. It's just a, gotcha. a table selection. Is or column selection is a way to yeah, but yeah, it's,
2: that's what I guess that's what yeah, so yeah, you're creating a column on the fly. Yeah. The question I have then is, could you right click it and alphabetize? Maybe, maybe not.
0: Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably, but you still have. I mean, but you can't do this in the in the Notes app that no, way. It so no, it would have to be
2: on your laptop or your desktop. Correct,
0: obviously. correct, oh, correct. Okay, yeah. Yeah,
2: Dave, l- l- let me jump in here real quick, yeah, because I, I was a CES newbie, and I guess I'm, I'm past that now. I've been to okay. my first one. For people that don't know what CES is or are tangentially aware of what it is, it, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, 3,100, uh, I like to say exhibitionists, 3,100 exhibitors. Uh, I I think a conservative estimate is two dozen acres worth of, of, uh, exhibition booths. Uh, booths were as small as, um, you know, something you stood at at your, uh, eighth grade middle school science project yep. and demonstrated what you had to probably $2 million or more in some of these booths that they spent to exhibit their goods and wares. Uh, impressive to say the least. Uh, but, like you say, you have to have a plan. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of acres of <laughs> of exhibitors. And if you have people you want to see, if you don't put them in order, you're never going to get to even the ones you want to see. And there's no way to see it all. It's like trying to see Disney World, Epcot Center, and uh, whatever other park there is down there uh, between 9 and noon. Right. You can't do it. Not no. physically possible. No. And in the four or five days you're there, you can't do it. You need to know what you want to see and what your interests are. So, yeah, um, but I wanted to describe that to people who, you know, we talk about CES all the time and industry insiders know what it is. And I I knew it existed, had no idea the scope and scale and effort that gets put into this.
0: Yeah. It's not like your typical conference where it's all in one building. I mean, it's, it's so much, you have to take, you know, motorized vehicles to get between the different. Convention halls. It's, it's and, and
2: they actually provide motorized vehicles yes. at, at some points. Buses,
1: <laughs> buses, big buses. Yeah, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I and thought it was more than three thousand. I thought it was more like ten thousand exhibitors. I could. I, I was just
2: going by this by the CTA brochure I saw that said thirty one hundred oh, okay. exhibitors yeah. this year. But um, but I'll I'll say this. I was surprised at your comment, Dave, that it just wasn't that crowded, and their estimates were a hundred thousand people this year. That it's normally a hundred and forty hundred and fifty thousand
0: yeah even sometimes so it, even hundred and eighty, yeah wow. my measure of the
1: success of a show is how often people prevent me from getting where I want to go, and that happened plenty of times.
0: it happened it's enough, but it- people, people
1: mose- moseying, I think we all commented about yeah. that that there was a lot of moseying, which to me is hey not a bad thing, but.
0: No, but there was, there there. was, it was remarkably less than previous CESs. I mean, there certainly were those moments, but, uh, but not nearly as much as previous ones. Like it was just easy to get around. It was easy. The the one day we took the shuttle between the two sort of main convention halls, we didn't have to wait and it was raining, which is like, you know, we were just able to just walk up and get right on Uh, that Everybody, Dave had a
2: raincoat. John and I got wet. You didn't offer to share.
0: No, I didn't offer to share. That's not not how it works. (laughs) But you did warn us ahead of time. It was raining. I brought my raincoat. (laughs) I'm going to go do this. Thankfully, (laughs) thankfully there was enough cover, and it didn't matter. We were able to just get right on. Yeah.
2: And and by the way, a torrential downpour in in, uh, Las Vegas to the rest of the country is uh, it's drizzling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ah, I love that sound, because that sound means that I get to tell you about our sponsor, our friends over at Collide. Collide, with a K, is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT. What is it? It's your end users. Yeah, bear with me on this, right? Old school device management tools like MDMs force these disruptive agents onto our employees' devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does things differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Collide notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve the problem. And by reaching out to employees via these friendly Slack messages and educating them about company policies, learning five new things can happen that way too. You don't just have to listen to MacGeek, yeah, right? You can get it anyway. By doing it that way and educating your users, Collide helps you build a culture in which everyone participates with security because everyone understands how and why to do it. For IT admins, Collide provides you a single dashboard that lets you monitor the security of your entire fleet, whether they're running Mac, Windows, or Linux. That visibility makes it easy to prove compliance to your auditors, your customers, and your leadership. You can meet your compliance goals by putting your users first. Visit collide.com slash MGG to find out how that's k o l i d e. dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to collide for sponsoring this episode. Hey, did you have time over the holidays to go through, see every subscription that you're subscribed to and make sure you're only staying subscribed to the ones that you want to stay subscribed to. And then you spent all that time to cancel the ones that, uh, that you want to get rid of, right? Uh, I didn't either, by the way, you know, because I I was at CES last week and then doing the show. And like, of course I didn't. But you know what I did do? I used Rocket Money, our sponsor here, to do it for me. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of us have subscriptions that we've forgotten about, like that streaming service you bought uh, to just watch that one show or that free trial that you never used, and then the trial ended, but the subscription didn't, you know? Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. And even better, Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button, Find the subscription you don't want, press cancel, and then Rocket Money cancels it for you. No more long hold times or tedious emails. You don't have to be frustrated. You just have to be a Rocket Money user. And it's not just you, right? I've been loving this. Like I said, I, 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 I used it to get rid of that old Wall Street Journal subscription. You know, you can't cancel that online. It's stupid. Well, I can now with Rocket Money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MGG. That's rocketmoney.com slash MGG. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash MGG. And our sincere thanks to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. You know what? One of my favorite apps is you. You know, you, yeah. Like I know you know what I'm gonna say. It's BB Edit. I love BB Edit. I know it sounds silly to be so happy about an app that just works with text, but that's just the thing, right? Because we're using text all the time. Sure, we use text when we're coding. Uh, you, like it's how you do it. Uh, you know, you t- you do the typing. It makes the thing happen, and then you do the thing. BB Edit is spectacular for coding. They use BBEdit to make BBEdit. That should tell you right there. I use BBEdit for all the coding that I do. It makes things look nice on the screen. Makes it so that I can understand. I can see. Did I close this function where I thought I closed it? Oh no. Okay. Great. Fine. You know, it's great at that stuff. But it's also great at just regular text stuff. You want to compare two files? Boom, BBEdit does it. You want to count the number of characters in a file? Boom, BBEdit does it. You want to do? Uh, you want to do like a, compi- a file compare from the terminal? BB edit does that too. You run BB diff, you install their command line utilities, and then you can use BB edit from the terminal, but it doesn't like come up with some terminal version of BB edit. That sounds like it might be an April fool's joke. No, no, no. It launches the files that you pointed at in the terminal. It launches them into the full BB edit. So you can use your mouse and your eyes the way they're meant to be used. They have a generous eval model, 30 days of full functionality to try the app, And if you've tried it with a version pre-14.0, well, good news. You get a fresh eval period, discounted upgrade pricing for existing BBEdit customers. Just go barebones.com, check it out, download the trial, experiment with it. Then go back and buy barebones.com. And our thanks to Barebones and BBEdit for sponsoring this episode. All right, so Pete... You and I were wandering around in the ground floor of the Venetian, which is, uh, for at least for CES called Eureka park, where there are tons and tons of vendors that do very specific things. And usually you get like the people who made the product often like the night before they were working on it. Right. Right. You know, you're not dealing with some marketing person. You're dealing with the people that, that actually make the products. And, uh, and you and I found found something cool that I think you're going to tell us about. Yeah.
2: Well, if you insist, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah the the Snap Three Pro is what it's called, and here's how I know it's cool. Three days, four days later, it's still attached to your phone.
0: It's still am attached right? to my phone. I'm yes, right. it is. Yes. yes. Am I right or am I right?
2: Yes. So, look, I, pop sockets are cool. They really are. They're great, but they have a limitation, right? You have to take them off in order to use your MagSafe wallet or to MagSafe charge, or and and the sticky doesn't always work. And then you're going ah, this yeah. So if you're watching online on on YouTube or what have you, the video Dave has it up there. You can see it. It looks it's about the thickness of a nickel attached to the back of his phone, and it works just like a pop socket. When you pull it out. You can get your two fingers in there, and and it's nice and thin. You aren't uh, uh, spreading your fingers apart too far and getting any fatigue going there. And you can rotate 360 degrees, and it will even go into the kickstand mode if if you so choose and wanted to do that. And once you're in the kickstand mode, you can also rotate it 360 degrees. Here's the other cool thing about this one. Once you flatten it back out, you can attach it to anything metallic. The fender of your car, your refrigerator... Gym equipment, anywhere you want that's magnetic, attach your phone to it. And the magnets are strong. Oh, by the way, you can still use your wallet, your MagSafe wallet. You can put it on and MagSafe charge. I've never used, a, I've, I've had pop sockets on my phone. Well, pretty cool. Used them for a day or two at the most and ripped them off because, you know, I keep having to pull it off to use the the chi charging, all that stuff. This chi charges right through it. Here's the other cool thing. For all of you who love Macs but happen to have Android or the Google Pixel, you take it out and in about 15 seconds from opening the package, attach it to your phone, and now you—if you have Qi charging—you now have a MagSafe capable phone. It, it magnetically locks to the proper position, so you don't bump your phone in the middle of the night and wake up with a dead phone. So,
0: yeah, I was thing, I was shocked that I could charge through it, Pete. That, that was, and it, it, it charges yeah. just fine. It, I put this on my phone for one reason and one reason only you needed a video of it going on a phone and while well, we were at CES and you already had one on your phone. Cause they had just put it on. I thought, fine, I'll put it on and then I'll take it off. Cause I use all my MagSafe stuff all the time. And uh, yeah, here we are What four days later, it's still on my phone. And I don't, I don't, and I, I didn't put it so it's got magnets and a little bit of adhesive in it but it's yes. the kind of adhesive that you can take off and put back on without an issue Great. uh for, for those who aren't watching it is on my case not on my phone and it still works for all of the things pete mentioned including MagSafe charging so yeah this is a definitely cool stuff found
2: they, they yeah they they hit a home run with this one they yep. um trying to think was there any other thing about that that I wanted they do say oh it's that was it, it I was going to mention the website it's o o h snap and the price point is twenty nine ninety nine if you're willing to give them your email address, you can get it fifteen percent off down to twenty five fifty that's on their website and they have some other things they they do have a snap wallet and uh, they've got another one in there that if if you don't fly a lot like uh, unlike me uh, you, there's a little knife blade and was kind of a utility oh. kit wallet thing that they have. I was looking on their website. Um, but mounts for your car mounts for all kinds of pla- It This one's a home run. It's still on my phone too. I I didn't know. And cool. Wow. Cool. That, yeah. It's a fun one. That was a cool stuff found. I was real impressed with this one.
0: Yep. That's the, that's what we love about CES. Thing. Yeah. We didn't even know about you know, right? it. We, I we mean, round- this isn't. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yep. Rounded the corner and there they were. All right, John, what do you got for us? Our friends from OWC
1: were at the show, and one of the things they were showing is their latest dock called the Thunderbolt Go Dock. Um, what's different about this, you may ask?
2: Um What's different about this one, John?
1: It's not bus powered. Um, it actually has a built-in power supply so it's got the juice
0: well not only is it all their thunderbolt docks uh the, like the desk thunderbolt docks have not been bus powered right the difference between this one and the previous ones is that the power supply is inside it so you mm-hmm. don't need their external power brick for it and it's got a standard power plug on it which means if mm-hmm. you if you forget your you know if you're traveling with this Boom, you just go and use a standard plug and you're good to go. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I think it's Pretty a good. type A that's called. I, I, I yep. forget. But um but anyways, yes. So uh so it's got the juice, um, which you may not have with a best powered device. Um a two point five gigabit Ethernet port. That's nice. Um I'm seeing more things that, that have higher speed um Ethernet ports, and it has all the ports that, that you would expect as well. Um uh, let's see here: SD audio, USB two, USB three, um, HDMI, um, all that stuff. But um, th- their their product line uh, keeps evolving, so so I thought that was uh, that was nice to see.
0: Yeah, just some some details. The the one there are there are three USB A ports on it. One is USB two. The other are USB three point two, which is ten gigabits. And then there are three ports that look like USB-C on it. One is a 10-gig USB 3 port, and the other two are Thunderbolt ports. So you you get – actually, and then there's a third Thunderbolt port just – or a USB-C port just for power delivery uh, on the side so that you can connect up to your laptop too. But, yeah, it's got – it's got so that means you connect one of these to your laptop. That is also a Thunderbolt port. So there are three Thunderbolt ports on this. You get Thunderbolt hubbing with this thing, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yeah, and
1: and they they were showing that you know there was a screen plugged into it, there was a tablet plugged into it. Um,
0: Interesting. Yeah. So if you
1: need the <clears throat> excuse me, if you need the juice, then uh, the, this is a uh, dock that you may want to consider. Nice um let's see shipping in march 399
0: okay oh that's right where it should be that's good cool one thing that mattered at ces was well matter uh the new smart home standard was seen in lots of products uh i'm I, i can't i don't know if the video's up at this very moment when we're recording but uh we got to see the eve smart home uh plug the eve smart plug working now not just with HomeKit, but working with the A-Lady and with Google and everything working across apps because of Matter. They upgraded the firmware in it to support Matter, which is very cool. Uh, We also got to see the Homey Pro Smart Home Matter Hub, which is coming out uh, shortly. You can pre-order it now. Uh, You can pre-order it for $3.99. Uh, This is a smart home hub with, bear with me, Wi-Fi, Z-Wave, Bluetooth low energy, ZigBee, infrared, matter coming in Q2, thread radio. So it's got all of that in it, and it's your smart home hub, so it can control all of these things from one app. It's also got a feature that it's kind of like HomeBridge. Not built in, except you don't have to like set up your own Docker container or get a Hoobs device or whatever. Homebridge is the thing that bridges non HomeKit stuff to HomeKit, and so they have their own uh their own cooked up engine that does the same thing. It takes all the stuff that's connected to this hub, it'll push it through to HomeKit for you and expose it to HomeKit for you so that you can see it. But um, yeah, very cool to see this device. This looks like it's going to be a good thing for people with lots of different uh, devices because you can, you can, can, yeah, it's super flexible. Yeah. Um,
2: Dave, so much of that went over my head, but I will tell you the one question I did have, you may remember. Yep. Was, well, look, you know, we, we're blessed and we have a second home and I have a, a Nest thermostat and a smart lock down there. I said, you know, will this, do I need two of these? Oh, no. It doesn't know where your stuff is. It just makes it work.
0: Well, it doesn't know where your stuff yeah. is if your stuff is cloud-based, right? Yes, and that's, that's true, true right. of your Nest thermostat. Yeah. However, right. your Zigbee stuff, your Z-Wave stuff, your Thread yeah. stuff, that is all local to an environment. You've got what we would call a uh, a high air gap resistance uh, I- issue between controlling thread stuff from your home in new hampshire to your home sure. in uh, in florida but
2: yeah and then this in thing. case you would need to set up a vpn obviously to hear.
0: no if you put one yeah. of these in you would have to put one of these in your second home in no that's florida. what i
2: mean i could control it from home if i set up a vpn on my right what do you think
0: no your thread device i, I don't know what you're saying so i'm just gonna i'm gonna be okay. abundantly clear here because you we might be agreeing <laughs> no Okay. Your your thread radio, your Zigbee radio, your Z Wave radio; these are all short range things. Think of them right. sort of like Bluetooth. So you right. can't uh, you can't VPN and still and do you can't do Bluetooth across. A yeah, VPN. my
2: my router – I get it. My router is not going to send Correct. those frequencies to those those devices in the home. But I have, yeah the, the ones I have are, are Wi Fi.
0: If they're Wi Fi, then you're fine. Yeah, but yeah. but otherwise, and then this homey uh, hub also does automations and these automations are way more advanced than the automations that you would get in like the the you know in in the the home app or the the, the shortcuts and all that stuff like you can do all kinds of things with these and it is a visual uh, automation generator so yeah this is this is one to keep an eye on folks it's called the homey smart home pro hub yeah fun stuff Pete you got another one for us
2: I do um the uh, the second one that I'm bringing to the table this morning is the Skoshi Gobat MagSafe 5K Power Bank. Um, this one's cool. It's a uh, it's. A, I wish I could show you, but I'm using my phone as a camera. But it's it's yay big. And Stay, it, say
0: it is, yay big doesn't doesn't really uh, work because uh, everybody's listening. You, well,
2: I'm, I'm I'm trying to get there. Uh, Go I'm going to call it four inches. By two inches, maybe four. It's the size
0: of maybe eight credit cards stacked on top of each other.
2: Yeah, a little smaller than a deck of cards, and maybe yeah. a half inch thick. MagSafe smacks right up on your phone, and uh, and stays even even with that. Uh, uh, o oh snap! There you go. It's got a it's got a USB C power up, and then uh, it has a power level indicator with four little LED lights, and then. Uh, there, there's a blue light that comes on when you attach it to your phone and you double, yeah, there we go. If you're locked, watching on video, uh, when you press the power button all all the lights come on, the blue light tells you it's, uh, powered on. If you double click the power button, when it's attached to your phone, it will turn off so that it isn't oh. draining the entire time.
0: So you could leave so, it on your phone without it draining the without it draining the
2: battery and huh. then you could power it up when you need it. And it. That would keep that way you could put it in your pocket because it, it does get warm sure like like uh like all Qi charging does uh so or
1: interesting
0: so
2: put it in your pocket and you don't have to have it on when you need it it's there and this is a this is a sweet sweet little uh portable battery um looking for the price point i think it was 54.99 i think that's
0: right 54.99 yeah. yep
2: and uh works with uh, all models of the iPhone 8 and later uh Samsung cool. Galaxy Google Pixel anything Qi enabled Sure, and uh, USB C type of device to uh, to recharge it. I noticed it recharged in uh, eh, about an hour, hour oh, and ten, I think. Not bad.
1: Yeah, not, not bad. So nice, nice. Five thousand milliamp hours. Yeah, extra to keep keep you. And as off. a uh, no, as a travel tip, um, I found that so at least my phone, which is a twelve mini, um, I can't get a day. I can't get through a day without having to charge it with something. Really? And, uh, so I typically uh, pack maybe not one, but two battery packs.
0: Um, How about you, Pete? Were you alive. able to get through a day at CES without charging?
2: Barely. And only because, again, now this phone is two years old, and I am hard on my phone's batteries for the last two years. But, uh, um, you know, yeah, by the end of the day, I was down in the the 20s and the teens. Interesting. I it, and I but I had to be in low power mode to do that. If I had yeah. been in, in in not been in low power mode then no, I don't think it would have it would have made it. So yeah, I, this after I, the second day was huge.
0: I was in low power mode the whole time and I mean I would get to the end of the day at 40% maybe. Hmm.
2: Well, somebody I know has a fresh new battery with an M1
0: no, oh, no. <laughs> Actually,
2: there's I'm, an M1 in my no, iPhone 12 maybe, Pro. No,
0: Max, there's but. not. We don't have M1s in our iPhones. There's Apple no, Silicon chips in our yeah, iPhones, okay, not M1s, right. but okay, but correct. yeah, I mean, you're right. My phone is newer than than yours. But yeah, I I didn't I didn't have that issue. John, were you in low power mode? No. Oh, uh, rookie mistake, my friend. You must do this. <laughs> What I do is I set, I turn on low power mode and then I turn on my shortcut automation. So if you go into the shortcuts app and go to automations in the middle tab, uh, I set an automation that says when low power mode is turned off, set low power mode to on. And then that way, even when I charge it up and it hits 80%, it turns the low power mode off. What happens? Low power mode was turned off. Let's turn it back on. It turns it right back on. So I leave that automation running while I'm traveling, and it it I makes
2: that shortcut. And it it somehow it got overwritten, and I never I you know I was looking for it, and I went uh, I don't it. have time to mess with it now. So you just that you just gave a, a quick tip and it
0: was. it. It was a quick Make tip. That shortcut. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and I think I'm trying to remember it. it it'll tell you things it, it won't do, like I think background tasks and all that. Yes. If you do go into low power mode,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: which. You know, now that I think about it, why don't I just run in low power mode all the time?
0: My kids do. Um, oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't know if they do currently, but but certainly, like, when they were in high school and, and college, uh, they used low power mode all the time. Yeah, because they're using their phones constantly. They they, wanted, they want their phones to be doing things for them, not for the phone. You know what I mean? So they wanted to control right.
2: it. So. I the, the big frustration for me has always been when I go to my laptop the photos aren't there yet. So that's the reason to come out of low power mode. It won't transfer photos into the cloud. Well, you can
0: Uh, tell it uh, to, if you, if you launch the photos app on your phone, scroll to the bottom and it'll say now, yeah, it'll say it's paused because of low power mode. Just hit resume and off it goes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I ran into that during our, um, so, so we did a lot of video, which you'll be seeing soon. Um, but the one thing that happened to me was, yeah, I'd go to the phone and it's like, uh, yeah, I'm still uploading this stuff to iCloud. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I yeah, need this video now. Um, connecting the phone via USB and importing directly uh, fixed that problem. Yes. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. And if the photos is smart, it will pull the new things from your phone. That it hasn't gotten over the cloud and then, and then, you know, whichever device uploads it to the cloud first, the other one won't try to do the same thing. Yeah, I I was, I was impressed with that for sure. Yeah. How do it know? (laughs) How do it know? Well, it, it should know. Those things are tagged. The old database in there. Yeah. You know, Uh, we saw TVs, screens, I'll say at CES. The first one that really caught my eye was something I saw in, you know, press release just as CES was beginning and this is the Samsung 5K studio display. It's called the 27-inch Viewfinity S9. And it is to compete with Apple's studio display. It is a 5K monitor from Samsung. So 5K means it's 5120 by 2880. Uh, it has a built-in color calibration engine. It's got both USB-C and Thunderbolt 4 connectivity. It's got a built-in webcam that <gasps> runs at 4K. Hi, Apple. How you doing? Uh, it's got a Samsung smart hub in it. Uh, so yeah, th- this thing, no pricing on it, no availability yet that I have seen, but, uh, but I'm pretty stoked about, about getting to see that uh, just somebody else making a 5k monitor. I, like I, I, I want one, even though I don't need one cause I have my 5k monitors, but you know, with, with Mac minis and studio Mac studios out there, that's what you want. So. Yeah, but you're going to need to give one
2: to me, Dave. So you know. Right. So now I need another one. <laughs> and John's going to need one. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. In addition to that screen, we also saw some wireless TVs at uh, CES. The first ones that we saw were in LG's booth. And my video from the LG booth, I do one every time I go to CES. I'll, I'll put that up today. Uh, what, they, what LG means by a wireless TV is a TV that has only one wire a power cable it also has a separate little breakout box that you plug all of your hdmi stuff it's got you know a usb port and it has an antenna in it and yes it will broadcast full 4k from the box to the tv goes about 30 feet you can even aim the antenna at the tv so it's directional which gives it you know better range and uh it's just, you know, like the TV, you can't plug into the TV. You can only plug into this. And the nice part about that is you don't have to worry about where you place your TV versus where you have all of your Apple TV and your, if you have a Blu-ray player and, you know, all of those things. So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating, pretty fascinating device. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. So,
1: all right. So, so the, the, the box connects to the TV wirelessly. What Correct. Well it's okay, I don't know what protocol they're using now correct matters. it's a
0: proprietary protocol yeah it's just that, now, that can, can you
1: also connect to the box with your computer? Is that what I heard you say or no?
0: Well, I mean you could you could plug HDMI from your computer in the 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 box the the, the think of the box as just like your TV currently right has mm-hmm. HDMI and USB and Ethernet and coax inputs on the back of it, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So this you, this TV has nothing like that on the back of it. It they have taken those things out and put them in this breakout box. So it's the same as your TV, except the uh, the, the functions are split wirelessly. So you can plug all of your HDMI into this breakout box and then the box sends the signal to the TV wirelessly which means you don't have to have all those cables running to your tv you don't need to put your tv on a stand you don't need to drill holes in the wall to and run your hdmi cables through the wall it is just wireless which is pretty cool
2: so there was a comment in the discord that uh, the box looks big and someone said well yeah Uh, brian monroe said well it it can be as big as it needs to be you can put it in the closet but uh, as i recall dave weren't they saying that this is more of a prototype and it's going to be smaller or am i confusing no you're that
0: confusing with that with the uh okay. m- music scene mirror scene i can't remember the name of yeah. it but the vr music thing no this is i believe this is the box uh yeah. it's not released yet we don't have pricing on it uh the tv they were showing it with was a 96 inch tv 97 inch sorry oled tv so i i think it's it's probably it, going to be pretty uh, expensive the it was pretty yeah <laughs> yeah, it it's pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the the whole idea of sending 4K wirelessly is really the breakthrough here. I'm I'm impressed that they're doing this. And you're right, you can put the box in the closet. The other one that we saw was from ooh, a company Before you go on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Quick
2: question. I, did we ask gaming like Switch and that kind of stuff? Was was there a yeah. low enough delay, low the, enough latency? They
0: say the latency is low enough for okay. that.
2: Yeah. I didn't remember whether we had asked that or not.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. and then and then there's a company called Displace, which also makes a wireless TV, but their definition of wireless goes one step farther. Yes, they take the power cord out. The TV is powered by batteries. They said you could get days of viewing time on. Uh, I think you can put four batteries up to four batteries in the TV. Uh, this thing. It's a 55-inch TV. I think it's like 20, it's like 3000 3, bucks I think for the TV. Uh you can charge the batteries, you can stitch the TVs together, yeah. but it is truly wireless and they have this like vacuum suction thing that you just mount it to any flat wall surface or glass wall surface, like a window or something, and you just pop it right up. So 3 grand for a 55 inch TV is obviously a lot of money. If you need something that is wireless, you're going to pay a little more. And so that gets you some of the way here. And then uh, being able to attach it and detach it from the wall just sort of instantaneously is pretty cool, uh, especially if you're setting up, you know, uh, like a, a booth at a trade show or something like that. So, yeah.
2: Now, cool. now, forgive my geriatric memory. I, I think they also had the ability to stitch. Several together, right? To create That's right. a multiple display. Yeah. So they were up to like ten thousand dollars for the. I think it was nine screens.
0: I thought it was four, or but was you might be four? right. It about may be that. four. Yeah. 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 You can uh, combine. Yet, but... Oh no, you can combine four of them into a hundred and ten inch TV with eight K resolution. You can combine sixteen into a two hundred twenty inch TV with sixteen K resolution. So yeah, yeah, it's more than four for sure. Yeah, yep. and it's it, twenty it, pounds. It was cool. Yep. Yep. I agree. So there's my Christmas list. Fun stuff. There, yeah, exactly. <laughs> John, in so March. you're watching TV. You've solved the wires problem. Uh, what about really immersing myself in the environment? Did you find anything <clears throat> for that?
1: Hey, you know, if you want to immerse yourself. So, of course, cool TVs like you just talked about, um, you know, having your eyes, um, input things, is nice, and the higher res, the better, like 5K. Um, but there's another aspect to sensory perception that a lot of us don't experience. Well, these guys are going to help you out here. Aroma joint, And to put it in a nutshell, it's it's o vision
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> these guys have realized it. So they have a device called the Aroma Shooter. It has six cartridges in it uh i guess they they figured out how to boil sense down to uh six elements and it will basically uh generate sense uh either standalone or they were showing me or or you can use their tool to synchronize certain sense with uh a movie that you're watching so the the demo that they gave was you know they showed um a woman walking through a field with flowers and i was standing there watching the movie and all of a sudden i smelled flowers um we had talked about this before the thing is smell is maybe one of the more important senses uh, but it, it certainly enhances your viewing experience so um so it's neat that these guys are are out with something that again will will help your sensory perception or enhance your sensory perception of what you're watching.
0: So, it, the the one thing that I I wanted to clarify is you don't it's not like it takes six cartridges and then magically can make any scent in the world. You you can right. put six cartridges in it and you pick each of the scents from those to for those mm-hmm. cartridges. So, you know, they and I'm looking on their website now. They've got, you know, spearmint, natural forest, clove bud, sandalwood, cinnamon, floral soap, desert rain, creosote, right? Eucalyptus. So it, it like, but if you wanted red wine, you'd need to get the red wine scent pack to put in there, and you can only have six in at a time, right? Correct. Um, I mean, that's what, that's what their website looks like is it doesn't mm-hmm. look like there's some magic six cartridges that can just make anything you've got, They've got hundreds right. no, of No, I fragrances. see here. Yeah.
1: They have, uh, they say they have 500 cent solutions there you right go.
0: now. Yeah. So you can have six loaded at a time in your, uh, in your device. Okay. All right. Interesting. I think
2: that may be just the ground floor though. I, you know, like anything, right?
0: I, I'm with you, Pete. Yeah.
2: This is the light bulb before the LED.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, what yeah. would it take? And I don't know the answer to this. What would it take to have like to generate any scent on the fly? Like, I don't know how that would work. Yeah,
2: it was a chemical engineer.
0: Yeah, maybe exactly. He, right. You know,
2: they would mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. To figure all that out, my my. Favorite example of something like that was though the uh, I remember taking the kids to Disney World and going to was it Lilo and Stitch? Oh, yeah, right in there. Remember, they hit you with the the chili dog, you know, the the, the puppet burps, and you smell chili. You smell chili, absolutely. It's like, whoa.
0: (laughs) So, speaking of engineers doing interesting things, Pete, uh, back to the the so we've talked about the the visual uh sense, we've talked about the olfactory sense. What about our auditory sense, Pete? What? Oh, what?
2: So if you're like me and you've been around a lot of jet engines for a long time, no matter how many gosh darn earplugs you put in your ear and double hearing protection and all that, if once you hit your sixth decade on the planet, I can tell you that when the kids are speaking and the blender's going, there's very little chance you're going to hear the television. Very little chance. And what's more important, right? A rerun of Big Bang Theory or what your kids are trying to say to you? I'm just saying.
0: Obviously the former, (laughs) and that's what we have a cool stuff found for.
2: It is, yeah. So this is the Mirai speaker, M-I-R-A-I, developed in uh, Japan by uh, a gent whose father was uh, elderly and starting to become hard of hearing. There's a volume knob on the top, and... Uh, a,
0: Describe a the shape
2: button. of the speaker. Yeah, Pete. so it's a, it's a, uh, I would just call it a quarter circle, quarter pie shape. And the uh, just on the back, that takes a one-eighth inch uh, stereo jack, or maybe stereo, maybe mono, I don't know, and, and a power button and a 12-volt supply. So it's very simple uh, in that sense. But uh, m- one of the biggest disappointment of the thing that I missed at CES was I, I brought you over to the booth, and you looked at it, and you're like, yeah, okay, and then you're like, wait, what? And then we walked over with John and I said, John, look at this. And the gentleman was standing there and he has this tiny little music box that's not even in a box and he winds it up. And with the din of everything, frankly, I couldn't hear it at all. And then he puts a piece of, uh, it looks like an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, except it was clear plastic. And he held a music box next to it. And you could kind of hear that there were notes. And then he bent it into this Shape that's similar to the round side of the quarter pie shape that I'm holding in this speaker. And you could hear it plain as day. The the one thing I'm sorry I missed at CES was not having the video on and literally watching John's jaw drop. He was like, wait, what? Whoa, how'd they do that? And they're focusing the sound waves, plain and simple. That's what Um, it is. But you would think it would be more in a, in a, a cone shape, you know, bending both sides facing it. This actually bends the sound away but it it uh, focuses in the uh, frequency range of the human
0: voice, and it yeah, it wouldn't. This wouldn't be good for for general listening. This is good for your center channel. Yeah, music.
2: This is not good for music.
0: Right, right. But it it does hit that that you know speech range and and gives you a super boost and a super directional boost. So yeah, pretty right. cool.
2: It puts yeah. it right through and being able to hear voice. Over the din of all the noise and people talking at CES, I my jaw dropped too.
0: It was amazing. Um, yep.
2: Yeah. In fact, uh, I think they have that very demo on their website, which is well hidden from me at the moment. It's in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've got it in the show notes for us. Yep. Pretty cool. Uh, speaking of hearing things, Victrola was showing off their latest and uh, less expensive turntable called the Victrola Stream Onyx. Uh this is a I mean it's a turntable. It has its own phono amp in it and RCA outputs, but where it really shines is when you have a Sonos system because it becomes an input for your Sonos wirelessly. So it's 599.99. It does come with a cartridge. Uh so you, you know, you're you're good to go. It works out of the box like I said it also has a phono amp in it. So if you're going to connect it to something else, it's got RCA ports on the back, and you're good to go. And you just set it up and plug power in, and then wirelessly it connects to your Sonos. And the sound quality, we went to their suite over at the Venetian to hear it, and it, it sounds fantastic. Um, really warm sound, easy to use, and um, yeah.
2: No, it It rocked. It, it rocked yeah, yeah yeah it really did and the other thing dave remember on the at least so he had two models there one was more expensive than the other correct but they they buffered the sound for about 3 seconds yep and then they delayed you you, you can also rca jacket to a use an rca jack to go to to analog speakers and they synced it up so that if you're using sonos and wired speakers The the sound actually comes out at the same time, which is kind of
0: important. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those – that was a very Apple-like thing when they explained it because it it would work the way you expected it to work if you used it that way as just a general consumer not thinking about the engineering uh, of what's going on inside it. Yeah, and you can can mute it uh, with a button on the front. You can control the Sonos uh, volume with a button on the front. So, yeah, or with a a knob on the front. Very – very cool little thing so if you're into vinyl and you're into Sonos Victrola they're back in your lives folks so
2: you know what blows my mind is that it was probably 5 or 6 years ago before vinyl really started making a comeback i i finally gave up and discarded all my old vinyl oh is that right from the yeah yeah 70s and
0: 80s sure yeah
2: you know, I think, I don't know how many times I joined the Columbia record club, for, yep. you know, one penny
0: for 14 albums. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. Though yeah. Though it's interesting that the, uh, one of the bookstores I went to recently, I saw that they're selling vinyl. Like I saw purple rain and I'm like, wait, is that a record? And they actually had record players as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, wow. Vinyl's back, I guess.
0: Yeah. Vi- vinyl's definitely back. Um, I, you know, There are people. Such a pure sound. Well, no. Don't you think? No, no. Vinyl. vinyl... You're the sound
2: engineer amongst us, so yeah.
0: Vinyl completely ruins the sound of things. um, In that, when things, well, here's here's uh, here's sort of the an an interesting historical fact. Uh, Vinyl, you lose a bunch of low, a bunch of high end, right? When when you master for vinyl, so or when you when you print to vinyl. So what you have to do is is over you goose the the high end before you master it to vinyl. And and then and then you can get a nice you know, even sound and all of that good stuff. They took those masters, the vinyl masters, and the very first CDs that we all bought were just made from those vinyl masters. So that's why when CDs first came out, they sounded like harsh and awful because you were getting what the master had directly uh, to your speakers, and so then they started remastering things. Remember for CD, yeah, right. hence remastered audio. Here. Correct, and then it you know it was like okay, well we can we can pull out all this extra high end that we added, and look if you like vinyl con- with audio confirmation bias is is actually a good thing because if you like what you have, if you like holding the record, if you like putting the tone arm on the, the the thing and watching the record spin. And, or if you simply believe that vinyl sounds better, it will sound better to you and you will therefore enjoy it more. And that's okay. It like it, there's, there's nothing wrong with confirmation bias when it comes to sound. It, you know, people that buy $25,000 speakers like them better than the $500 speakers that somebody else might buy. Also, OK, one cool thing about vinyl is having like listening parties where people bring vinyl over and now it it makes music more interactive. You put on vinyl. Each side is only 20 minutes or so, you know, and so you you like there's a lot of things I, I at times have had a uh, a turntable in my office and I really like the um sort of the ritual of every, you know, 30 minutes having to get up. And go and flip it. It gives me something to do while I'm, you know, it gives me a break of what I'm doing and listening, you know, because I listen to music when I'm, when I'm alone in the office, just sort of, you know, grinding stuff out. So I, yeah, vi- but yes, vinyl is, is back. We just released um the latest Bitter Pill record. Living ain't cheap, dying ain't free is available on vinyl and it's all red. It's awesome. So nice. now isn't there some science
1: in the cartridge? Is that what it's called? Absolutely. Yeah. That will affect the input quality. Correct. Playback quality. I
0: Correct. Guess. Yeah. And you can change out the the cartridge, the needle, if you will. Um, although the needle is part of the cartridge. Uh, so they are two separate things. But yeah, you can change out the cartridge on this turntable and, uh, you know, and, and put something. I believe they told me what cartridge is in it. Uh, I'm looking here. It is an Audio-Technica AT-VM95E cartridge. So, but you could, if you have a cartridge that, that you like better, then you can replace it and that, that would be fine. So, yeah, fun stuff. It's good. Uh, Let's see, what else? John, you got
1: one more for us? I got one more for you. Dave, did you ever want to talk to the animals? I talk or to my he,
0: animals all the time.
1: Did you ever <laughs> want to talk to the animals? <laughs> uh, the problem is when the animals talk back to me, that's when, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's when I get concerned. Well, here we go. Um, yeah. Well, the folks over at Fluent Pet have solved this problem um, in that they make a kit that will let you talk to your pet.
0: Um, and let and you your pet talk this. back to you, right?
1: <clears throat> yes. Yes. Um. So basically it's a kit here, it's buttons, so so uh, the hardware part is buttons and a pad, uh, a colored pad, and then the other part is a training guide, and basically what this lets you do is set up buttons so that your pet can talk to you. So you could have a button for they say it's for dogs and cats. I don't know how this would work with cats. But um totally missed that. Yeah. But um uh yeah, because I, I find for the most part cats are untrainable. <laughs> dogs on the other hand, and the dog there, ducky. Complete, um,
0: completely utter BS. Cats are hundred oh, percent okay. trainable. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> okay. absolutely.
2: Um, they just look down their noses
1: at us. That's all. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they want nothing to do with you. Um, that's also, anyways, completely
0: so- untrue. It has to do with how you mm-hmm. train your cat. If you just ignore yes. your cat, then it will ignore you. But yeah, no, no, no. We've got we've got some cats in our house that are amazingly trained and like super right. interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you uh you can get a kit. They have one with two buttons. They have one with six buttons and and the pads the colored pads that I, I guess helps uh determine what's going on but um i just thought it was it was really neat and and again you may have seen videos of dogs doing this um so you could have a button for you know i want to go for a walk i want some food um i i i just thought it was it was really neat seeing what i've seen in videos realized uh in real life amazing and um
0: it, were they, were they Kevin showing it did. off with it, with a dog? Like, could you? With, oh yeah. Ducky. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Uh, the video. Yeah. Uh, check out our video coming up here. Okay. But I actually videoed, um, you know, the dog going through the motions. It's like,
0: that's pretty good. Cool. I don't know. I just
1: uh just thought it was really neat to see something that I've seen in videos be realized in, in real life. And, yeah. And talking to people that have actually developed the system to, Amazing. uh, do this sort of my dog would find the treat button and
2: hit it (laughs) endlessly she i swear to god you're trying to watch tv she will go out seven eight times in an hour if she can because she gets a treat when she comes back in she's got us very well trained
0: Uh, right exactly (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. dogs and cats they they train us for sure yep hey uh we've mentioned magsafe we've mentioned chi we've mentioned magsafe today we've mentioned chi on the show many times um there was a lot of talk i didn't i don't i don't think i saw anything that was chi 2 or a chi 2 spec device at the show cuz i don't think mm-hmm. it's been ratified yet uh certainly things aren't out and fl- flourishing in the market with it but chi 2 is the next gen chi standard that's coming out and the Wireless Power Consortium, I think I have that name right, actually was working with Apple in developing Qi2 because they're going to incorporate what Apple calls MagSafe into Qi2 so that everybody gets magnetic charging, high power, all of that stuff. So that, to me, that's a really big deal that that Qi2 is going to have effectively MagSafe in it for everyone keep an eye out for this stuff folks it's it's pretty cool um what's going on there so yeah or get yourself an O snap. (laughs) yeah yeah, right yeah exactly yeah yeah that's right yeah Yeah, because
1: speaking of the future um keep your eyes out for usb4 okay i I was able to sit down with them
0: what's um, what are the highlights of usb4
1: um probably I, i would say the highlights in my mind um So, faster speeds, I believe it'll go up to 80 gigabits a second, which is crazy.
0: Okay.
1: Um, So, more speed. That's nice. Um, And the other thing, which I think was long, which should have been out in prior versions, is they now label things or suggest that you label things properly. So, it shows both, uh, especially with cables, um, is be very specific about how much power can carry and how much current uh, uh, or the speed yeah. of the cable. Um, they're encouraging labeling things properly so that you know this because uh, at least my experience and I, re- you know. So, for example, you know, the, the, uh, the power cord, um, the Apple charger charging cable will handle a certain amount of power, but I sadly found out that it only goes at USB 2 speeds. And it's not labeled. So um, if I had to say the highlights are USB 4, that, that's going to be it. I mean, the speed is amazing, though. I mean, you know, 80 gigabits a second. I mean, wow.
0: Yeah. I, is that... I, okay. I thought...
2: I, uh, yeah, and I agree with the labeling. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to
0: you know we all have
2: right you plug in a cable and you're expecting data to go across it and it's purely a power cable it's like oh, mm-hmm. what's good of that
0: so i i i think we're we're misstating this here mm-hmm. because if you're using it bi-directionally i believe usb 4 uh only goes 40 gigabits per second but if you're using it for display port 2 uh then it will support 80 gigabits since it's only going in one direction. Uh, so I I I I don't think you get 80 gigabits for like a a a storage device, for example. Uh I think you get 40 it, it both ways, but if you're using DisplayPort 2, it goes uh, it'll it can do 80. It, does that fit with what those guys told you? Because that's what that's what Tom's guide is saying. Mm-hmm. So does that fit? Did they explain the differences between Thunderbolt 4 and USB 4? Uh
1: we talked about it. Okay. Yeah.
0: And is there are there any remarkable differences between the two?
1: Um that was not the impression that I
0: got. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um I I think I think cables start to get to be a little bit different. They they appear to be the same. But Thunderbolt 4 cables uh, at spec support 40 gigabits over two meters, whereas USB 4 cables only support that over one meter and drops down to 20 gigabits per second on cables that are two meters or longer. So I'm guessing for your, you know, 8K or 16K display that's going to use 80 gigabits uh, over USB 4 monodirectionally, unidirectionally, you've got to have a one meter cable um, so, yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It'd be worth getting more detail on that, John, because I it, like it, it, maybe maybe a follow up with those guys to find out what they really meant about eighty. Because I I I had not I had heard what Tom's is saying that it's it's still forty if you're doing storage. So
2: uh. I was thinking about those numbers though, that is just high watering.
0: Oh, it is crazy. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's you know what. Again, I you know I can't think outside the box far enough. I guess to go what what possible use would I need eighty gigabits for? At least for streaming video and such. But I mean, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, if you're doing if you're doing raw like like uncompressed video, you're, like AKA DisplayPort, okay. right? You could do sixteen okay. K at sixty hertz. That's going to take more than forty gigabits. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's where that goes, and that's a good thing that we have a protocol to do that. That's yeah. you know out in the market. So, but who needs to do that? I'm just saying, who well, needs it? <laughs> as you get your 8K TV, you. <laughs> well,
2: there you go. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, fair enough.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Where are we on? We are pretty much finished here. I yeah. seem to think. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything, any one thing to share. No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I will, uh, because I have to give this back to my wife, because she took my AirPods Pro Gen 2 uh, before I ever even used them. Uh, I uh, I got to test out the Catalyst AirPods Pro Gen 2 case. So the AirPods Pro Gen 2 have a few things that AirPods Pro Gen 1 didn't have, namely a speaker, physical things, right? And so these the new case has holes in the bottom for that. It's got a hole in the side for the uh, included loop uh, wrist strap that that loops through the case. And then it's got a um, it's a rubberized case. I've always loved the Catalyst cases for AirPods. They really seal things up, but they aren't clunky or bulky to use, in my opinion. And so you just flip open the top and then you can flip open the top. And one cool thing is the light shines through the case so you know when it's charging and uh and all of that good stuff. So yeah, that's the Catalyst AirPods Pro Gen two case is uh is where we're at with that. I believe it's twenty nine ninety nine. You can get it from the catalyst website. So there you go. Yep.
2: Gotta have a rubber case on the AirPods because there's nothing more slippery than an AirPods case in a public restroom.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah or try going through uh you know security with your your airpod's case and trying to put it down and pick it up no nope, it's gonna just slide all over it, the place
2: yeah they squirt. They, they squirt they squirt
0: out of your hand that's <laughs> the word that's yeah. the word yes <laughs> all right Maybe a show folks. title
2: in there somewhere
0: <laughs> there's a show title in there somewhere, and it's probably not gonna be that, but uh okay. you know there you go <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Fun, okay, hey. fun stuff. Yeah, Pete? Okay, hey. Okay, hey. Okay, hey. Okay, yeah, there we go. Uh, what do we got? Any, anybody have any last things to share before we pull the ripcord on this thing? Ooh. Nothing. I hear nothing. Make sure okay. to go check out Pete's other podcast where he, is, uh, he talks even more. Actually, he interviews some great people and uh, lets them speak. Fantastic show called So There I Was. I'm the co-host. He is the co-host. He and uh, he and Fig do a. I love I love that show. I got to meet Fig virtually this week, so that was that was fun. Uh, big thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Make sure to go get your MGG T-shirt uh, at mattkecap slash merch. We have some stickers up there too. Some fun stuff. And uh, yeah, that's what we got for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for checking out our sponsors. Of course, the ones we mentioned in the show, collide.com slash MGG, bbedit at barebones.com, rocketmoney.com slash MGG, and uh, yeah, have fun out there, folks. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. What else? can't remember what else. I'm not wearing my back cap T-shirt. Yes, John.
1: The good news is that we came back from CES. And you know what that means? What's that mean? It means that we didn't get caught.
0: Made up.